Well, today we wrap up our series, Relation Slips, and uh, we've been uh, talking about uh, different kind of relationships we have and the slips we can get into, and our whole goal is to lessen our exposure so that those may happen a little bit less. Uh, next week, uh, we begin a new series uh, called Reset. You should have had an invite card. Please uh, take advantage of those and use those. Invite your friends. Uh, also, you can, uh, when it's posted on Facebook, if you tag somebody, then they can see that and just get a little bit more information. And maybe the first step is just to invite them to watch it online. And that's how they'll jump into that. So uh, please uh, take advantage of that. So last week, we uh, were talking about relationships and slips in marriage. And last week, we talked about what it's like being a wife and what God calls uh, wives to be. And this morning, we get to do the flip side, and we get to talk about what it's like uh, or what God wants us to be as husbands. And obviously, in marriage, there are lots of opportunity for relation slips. We have a flat tire. How do I tie a bow tie again? What's the fastest way to Hartford Hospital? Tell my wife I'm going to be 30 minutes late. Tell my husband I'm not surprised. Tell my wife if she has a problem with my work schedule, she's more than welcome to get a job of her own. Tell my husband that I do just as much work as he does. Tell my wife that if watching Ellen is a job, she should get a promotion. Message from your husband. I appreciate you. What did he actually say? Please don't drag me into this. Siri, call my husband. Siri, ignore the call. Tell my husband that he said he'd respect my choice to stay at home with our child. Tell my wife I would, but she can't even get around to washing his overalls. Did you want me to search for flower shops nearby? Tell my husband. Oh dear. Ask my husband what he means by that. Tell my wife I think she knows. Hey, look. I googled anger management techniques. Tell my husband to think very carefully before he says whatever he's about to say. Ask my wife. My husband, how dare he? Tell my wife that's not an answer. Is this my fault? Tell my husband that I will not answer that. Ask my wife and... Searching for a place to hide. Tell my husband. Want to. Tell him. Please don't make me. Do it. Send my wife directions. Say goodbye to the most amazing iPhone yet. <laughs> Lots of opportunities. Lots of opportunities. So what do we do with marriage? What do we do with our relationships with our spouses? How is it really supposed to, to work? And again, you know, in a session like today, and even a couple sessions over the last summer, uh, we can't answer all these questions, but at least we can put some things on the table. Uh, put you in uh, contact with resources. So the areas that you really want to dig into, you can do that. Again, that's the beauty of Right Now Media. That's the beauty of uh, the marriage night. And that's the beauty of having, having a library, having a resource center. So again, please take, take advantage of that. So, so how, are, how are we supposed to do this? I mean, everybody's got their different opinion. I know as my girls were getting older, I have three daughters. And, and as they were getting older and starting to realize that sometimes men and women see things differently, and it would be four against one. That's the reason I'm so happy that one of them is married, so now it's two against four. But, uh, you know, this would be going back and forth. And what they love to say, they love to remind me, is they love to remind me of this expression here. Come on. Don't you worry. I'm going to talk to him. My dad is so stubborn. What he says goes. Oh, the man is the head of the house. Let me tell you something, Tula. The man is the head, but the woman is the neck. And she can turn the head any way she wants. Mm -hmm. 
don't cry. I don't cry. Well, there definitely is some truth to that if us men want to admit that. But again, like I said, my uh, girls really like to bring that up regularly. Uh, last week, I showed you a quote, but I think it's a really important quote. It was from a man named Matthew Henry. From, he was born in, I think it was like 1688 or something like that. And uh, this, this is what he had to say about marriage. He said, the woman was made out of Adam's side. She was not made out of his head to rule over him, nor out of his feet to be trampled upon him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be loved. And that's really uh, the, the playground, the boundaries, the area that we're really looking at when we're thinking about relationships and lessening that and having an understanding of a husband's role and also a wife's role. Well, Paul writes about this, and we were into that passage last week, but Paul writes about this in Ephesians. And we're going to read through this passage and then look at a couple comments about it. Uh, first, we see that, uh, Husbands, you must love your wives so deeply and purely and sacrificially that we can understand it only when we compare it to the love of the anointed one. Remember, this translation likes to use the anointed one as Christ because Christ is, or anointed one is what Christ means, and we forget that, so that's why the voice uses that. The love of the anointed one, the love of Christ, has for his bride the church. He goes on to say, we know that he gave himself up completely to make her his own, washing her clean of her, all her impurity with water and the powerful presence of his word. He has given himself so that he can present the church, and the church, again, there's, a, there's this thing called the universal church. That's all people that have been Christ followers for years and years and years, for all the years. And then there's local churches, and those are groups of Christ followers that make up a local church. So present the church, Christ followers, assembly of Christians, as his radiant bride, unstained, unwrinkled, unblemished, completely free from all impurity, holy and innocent before him. So husbands should care for their wives as if their lives depend on it, the same way they care for their own bodies, as you love her, ultimately are loving part of yourself. Remember, you are one flesh. No one really hates his own body. He takes care to feed it and love it, just as the anointed takes care of his church, because we are living members of his body. And this is the reason a man leaves his father and his mother and is united with his wife. The two come together as one flesh. So as you and I start to digest this and start to think about what this is all about, we first have to realize that husbands are to love their wives, love your wives wholly, completely, fully, all in, all engaged. And that word love is, is a very important word. Uh, this is kind of funny, but you may remember that there was a Super Bowl co um, commercial about uh, New York life insurance. And what they did is they did a beautiful job at describing 
the possible words and meanings of love in the Greek, in the original language. So I'd like to show you that, and this can help us digest uh, what love Paul is talking about. You're going to find that Paul is talking about agape love. The ancient Greeks had four words for love. The first is philia. Philia is affection that grows from friendship. Next, there's storge, the kind you have for a grandparent or a brother. Third, there's eros, the uncontrollable urge to say, I love you. The fourth kind of love is different. It's the most admirable. It's called agape. Love as an action. It takes courage, sacrifice, strength. For 175 years, we've been helping people act on their love so they can look back or look ahead and say, we got it right. Very powerful commercial. And uh, New York Life says they've got it together for, what, like 170-plus years. And uh, hopefully we as a church have been getting it right or trying to get it right for the last 2,000 years. But that agape love, that unconditional love, that sacrificial love, that love that says, I will give myself, I'll give my time, my resources, everything for the benefit of another person. And that's the kind of love that Paul is saying a husband ought to not just talk about, not just commit, a, commit it when they get married, but actually live it out in their daily lives. And the parallel to the way Christ has loved his bride, the church, is unbelievable. He just didn't talk about loving the church. He literally gives his life for us. A little bit later on your way out, we're going to be having take-home communion. Some instructions, they'll be on the outer side of the doors, and uh, you can do that on your own at home, uh, but uh, it's all a remembrance of what Christ did for us. He loved us so deeply that he left heaven, came to earth, which was definitely a step down, and lived as a human being, fully God, fully man, put his deity on the side. He, he was tired. He experienced what you and I did, lived a righteous, perfect, holy life so that we could have a relationship with him and God, and he gave his life for us and then rose again. So when we talk about love, that is the kind of love that uh, you and I as men are supposed to practice, which is a, which is a heavy load. We've talked all through this, this uh, series that to, to lessen relationships, uh, the Christ follower has the advantage to, to lean into his relationship, his presence with God, to help us walk through that. Uh, I, I, I could not even move in that direction, at least I couldn't, without a personal relationship with God, speaking to my heart and saying, Dave, you're being a little selfish. Dave, you're being a lot selfish. Back off. Don't say that. Uh, and all that goes along with that. So that's, that's so important. I love the way Eugene Peterson uh, translates the ideas in uh, this verse, in verse 25. He says, Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. 
And uh, you could really uh, underline that idea of, you know, giving, not getting. This is the kind of um, love, complete love, we're to be offering to our spouses. And if we're really honest with ourselves, those of us who are husbands and have been married for a little while or a long while, this, this, is, this is, is, a, is a painful pleasure in a sense. It, it's, a, it's a work we have to be about, giving ourselves away. And it takes engagement. It can't be coasted through. We really need to go all out in our wives, and especially in those moments when we don't feel like it. We could go again back to look at how Christ gave his life in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays to the Father, take this from me. I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not looking forward to giving my life in this way. But then he says, not my will, but your will, Father. And he, he falls through with that. Um, so it's 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 not it's not easy work. It's not intended to be easy work. So you and I need to, uh, in a sense, uh, engage in that. I love the the. Uh, let's move on to this one. I love the definition of of sacrificial. We read this. Uh, the very definition of the word, word sacrifice means that sacrifice isn't sacrifice unless it costs us something. So men, it's a fair question for you to ask. And here's the fair question. How have I loved my wife in the past two or three weeks in such a way that it has cost me something vocationally, financially, and with my hobbies, my time, or comfort? That's the kind of love you and I are moving towards. If we're trying to lessen relationships or if we're trying to honor God with our marriage relationship, and again, this is, this is heavy lifting. It's a delight, but it's, it's, it's heavy lifting. We also have to realize that uh, husbands are to love their wives with holiness. Completeness and holiness. Holiness has the idea of being separated to God. It means uh, having a relationship with God. We're, we're set apart. We're, we're trying to live our life in a way that honors. So when you and I love our wives, we love them with a holiness. We, we want them to, in a sense, be set apart to God, and we want to help them with that. Verse 26, the message says it this way, Christ's love makes the church whole. His words invoke her beauty. Everything he does and said is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in a dazzling white silk radiance with holiness. And so when you and I think about our lives, when you think about trying to be husbands, our goal is to help create an environment where it's easier for, for our wives to, to follow Christ where it's, it's easier, where they, they actually can start to do that. There's a verse that uh, is a parable, and it talks about uh, meeting the master, and, and the master, when we've lived a faithful life, it's not that we earn our way to God, but we've lived a faithful life, we get this, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Some of us are familiar with that language, that, that verse, that story. And uh, when you and I are thinking about being husbands, and I would also say dads, I want to live a life in such a way that it makes it easier for my wife to fully follow Christ. And my goal is that someday, not because I'm such a good person, but in a sense because I've put things in motion, I've set her up, that it makes 
it easier for her to hear those words, for my kids to hear those words. So instead of being an obstacle to my wife and my kids and others to following Christ, I want to be uh, a, uh, a catalyst to help them grow and embrace their faith and, and live, live the way uh, God, has, God has called them to do. Uh, some of us have played sports uh, in high school for a little while, uh, not on anything official, but we used to play volleyball, you know, in gym class, and I used to like it. And what I like to do, because I was tall, is I like to get right up on the net, and you'd have somebody in the second row, or somebody's in the third row, uh, you know, they'd get the, the ball would be hit, they would be returning it, and you would yell, set me up, set me up. And what my dream was is that they put that ball right in the right spot so I could go and spike that down on somebody on the front row. Very nice, satisfying feeling. And you'd go, set me up, set me up, set me up. And, you know, and sometimes they were aware, sometimes they weren't aware. And, and every once in a while, they would put the ball right in the right place. And the person on the other side wasn't paying attention or wasn't ready. And I would, whoo, boom, down it would go, hit the floor. And it'd be like, yes, setting somebody up. So we, in a sense, as husbands, want to look at the way we live our lives. And when we say, how can we set our wives, our spouses up? Uh, for holiness, to live lives easily that separate the to God. Um, also, we have the idea that uh, husbands are to love our wives with wholeness, with, with completeness, understand not that they're just a spiritual being, not that they're just a, you know, a physical being, but love them with intellect, all, all the components, all the facets of who they are. And we just aren't going to set them up spiritually. We're going to set them up every component that we can. We want to make their life easier. We want to make their life uh, more fruitful, uh, more, more successful in any, in any way we can. I can remember when my um, mother went back to uh, college in her mid-40s, and we were in uh, high school, and that was a little hard, and my dad was really encouraging my mom to go get her college degree. Uh, my dad had uh, been doing his doctrinal work at Harvard and those kinds of places, so he had all this stuff. And uh, we lived north of Boston, and my, my, my mother had, you know, been a stay-at-home mom, and, you know, we kept her busy. I kept her busy, and uh, so that was definitely a full-time job for her, but the time was there that my dad said, you know, this life isn't just about me and my career goals. What do you want to do? And in the early 80s, late 70s, that was a little bit of novelty where we were living that my wife, my dad was encouraging. He was trying to holistically love her and allow her to do that. That meant inconveniences for her, him. That meant inconveniences for us because now we had to deal with my dad more at home. And, uh, but, uh, but it was a wholeness kind of love. Um, Paul speaks of this. He says, and this is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor. Since they're already one in marriage, no one abuses his own body, does he? No one feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are a part of his body. And again, the idea here is that we're thinking about uh, how we set somebody else up and the reality, the beauty of it, and maybe it's a little selfish, or it's somebody who said actually selfishly love your wives because you know when you're loving your wife in that way and you're loving them wholly and holistically and you're trying to enable them to be all they can be, as a husband, you find your life is better. 
I'm sure my, my mother engaged in going back to school and there were other things. Life was better for my dad because uh, her, her, her breadth of an individual was growing. She wasn't being stifled. She was letting her be who, who she could be. And so that, that's a, a marvelous thing. So I'd like to leave you real quickly with some ideas about some takeaways on, on how we can actually practically do this as, as husbands. And uh, you notice in the growing uh, thinking it over section, uh, there's some questions down to the bottom that ask, what if you're in a relationship uh, where um, your husband isn't into this? And uh, there might be some uh, good ways to, to ask him about that. And there might not be some ways and some questions with that. But I would challenge us as men that uh, maybe, maybe as you go through these things and think about these things, it might be good sometime to get alongside with your wife and say, how can I live out some of these in a greater way in your life? Because I want to set you up for success. I want to wholly, holistically love you. And these questions, these ideas can kind of help us with that. Uh, a verse, again, that has this idea is, let every husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive towards her. So insensitivity can come where you have a little bit more of the power. We talked about that last week and how you are a servant leader or self-serving leader. Uh, so you can be insensitive to that. You can, you can not cherish her. When was the last time uh, your wife really knew that you, uh, she was the apple of your eye, if you will? Uh, that you cherish her, how can you do these things? And then sometimes, you know, things are going pretty even, but really we're insensitive because we're not uh, facilitating, setting her up, helping her grow to all that, that, that she can be. So, uh, again, another, it's funny, another Super Bowl uh, commercial kind of draws this home of the idea of cherishing, and they use the idea of remembering. It's a little bit of a tear-jerker. Google, show me photos of me and Loretta. <laughs> Remember, Loretta hated my mustache. <laughs> Remember, Loretta loved going to Alaska and scallops. Show me photos from our anniversary. Remember, she always snorted when she laughed. Play our favorite movie. the luckiest man in the world. Cherishing your wife. Does your wife know that you actually think you're the luckiest man in the world? So some practical ways. Not all these are going to work for us. Not all these are going to speak into our life. But let me just give you... Uh, I think it's about eight of these. First of all, love her heart 
offer her emotional love. One of the things that uh, Cindy likes from me, she likes me to write out something in her birthday cards, anniversary cards, Valentine's. It doesn't matter how good the card is. doesn't matter what it says in it. I need to, need to write something out there. So I could say, hey, I don't need to bother with that. But I know she likes that. It speaks to emotional love in her. So I write something out. I actually, because, you know, I'm kind of crazy like this, I keep track of it so I don't really repeat it every single time. So I actually have a folder on my phone. I can go in and show you what I wrote in, you know, 2015, and I can just go right through it, and that's kind of the weird guy I am. But then sometimes I can grab a phrase from a previous year. But anyway, so love her. It's a good thing she's out in kid zone. Hopefully she won't watch this and know my secret. She'll look for that file. She doesn't know about that. All right, uh, so love her with emotional love. Love her mind with intellectual love. To really engage with her with conversation. Does she know what you're thinking? How you view the world? Not when something's upsetting, but does she just just know you? Could she answer questions for you? Because she knows you so well. She knows what you're thinking. I remember I had a friend, uh, they were married about 10 years, and we were visiting them, and, and I started asking him questions about work and the industry he was in, and I watched as his wife was like, yeah, what is the answer to that? It was almost like she was totally oblivious to this. I, I would have thought she would have known those answers if I had asked her, but, but they never talked about that kind of thing. And so, again, love her mind. <laughs> love her intellectually. Engage. Also, we have the idea of love her body, physical love. Love her, cherish her. I could show you some verses that might make us turn a little bit red, blush a little bit. Song of Solomon, the idea that is, does your spouse really find that you are satisfied with her and her alone? Does she believe that? Love her body, love her physically. Um, also, the idea of love or soul, spiritual love. Do, do, you, do you make it possible for her to explore her walk with God? Uh, I'm definitely not perfect at this, but uh, one of the things that was just a really great thing, and uh, I, I tried to help make it happen, it was more Cindy's idea, but, I, but I, then I wanted to, in a sense, write the checks for it as she and the three girls went off to a real special retreat in the fall. They had to get a hotel room a couple nights, and it was expensive and all that kind of stuff, and we don't always have extra money lying around, but, but I wanted to invest in that because I want to love her soul. And that was more important than me getting some kind of new electronic gadget right about here. It's electronic gadget, caring for soul. No, just kidding. But, uh, but I, I, did, you know, I, I wanted that to happen. And so are you loving your wife's soul? Do you make it possible? Do you make it possible for her to go to a, a lady's Bible study if she's into that? Do you make it possible uh, if she wants an evening off for her to go on and watch something on Right Now Media and you just say, hey, I'm going to take care of cleaning the kitchen, I'm going to take care of all this. You have the next couple hours all on your own. I'll deal with the kids and all that kind of stuff. And you may say, well, that's easy for you today now because your kids are kind of out of the house. But they weren't out of the house like five, ten years ago. So, so we had to do these kinds of things. But do you love her uh, in it with a spiritual love? Also, loving her relational, love her relationships uh, with relational love. Do you, do you actually encourage her to have other friends 
other lady friends, women friends, where she can really engage in that? Do you set that in motion so she can be a complete person and her life doesn't just revolve around you and the family, that she can get out, get a breath of fresh air, go out to coffee, whatever it is, do things. Uh, maybe take a weekend with her friends, something. Do, do you enable that to happen? Are you helpful with that? Uh, do you love her humanity? Do you have a realistic love? Do you realize that just like you, she is not perfect? She does make mistakes. And, and she's human. She's not a machine. She's not a robot. And so do you love her that way? Do you allow her to make mistakes? If she made a mistake with a checkbook, would she be in fear? Or would she know that, you know, you understand mistakes? Because you make mistakes too. Now, if there's a continued sloppiness, this is an enabling. It's, it's again, it's just the same, and it goes a two-way street. But do you, in a sense, uh, understand her humanity with a realistic uh, love? Uh, do you support her calling? You know, it's better these days, but there was a day where everything went around the man's career and who he was and blah, 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 blah. And some of that was practical and some of that was, but, but, but do, you accept, do you accept her calling? Do you enable her to fulfill what God might want her to do and be with her life? Do you have a supportive love? So she's out doing something, and do you give her a hard time because she's out again doing this, and she's not home cooking you a meal or whatever? Or do you support that and let that flourish? And again, there's balance in all these kinds of things. There's, there's situations where people are trying to get out because you're not the easiest person to live with. But uh, there, there are other things going on here. But, but do you support her calling? Do you understand that you know, it's just not about you as the, as the male person? Uh, do you love her maker? We start off with this, this idea of theological of if, if I could give one suggestion without over-spiritualizing it, if, if you as a husband really hunker down into loving God, growing in your relationship, taking the steps, that will overflow into her life. So do you love the one who made her uh, with theological love? So this idea of holiness, this idea of loving completely, loving holistically, loving holy. Our bottom line for this morning is this, holy love, a God-honoring love, is a complete love, is holy love. So as you're trying to, we're trying to navigate less relationships, it begins with this idea of taking a God-honoring love and transmitting it into a complete sacrificial love that our wife, our spouse, understands. And she gets, not just verbally, but with the way you use your resources of time, energy, money. You got the idea. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time this morning. Uh, we thank you for the way you inspired Paul to write these things to the people at Ephesus. And Father, I pray for my friends here, especially the, the guys uh, this morning. Help us to learn how to have a holy love 
that is a holy love. In those areas where we fall short, help us to not beat ourselves up, but help us to make those changes. Help us to take steps in those directions. And may we also find our spouses as we try to move in that direction to be supportive of that, to allow us to move in that direction, to make a change, not hold things bad, hold things against us, but can we move in that way? Lord, we thank you for the life you've given us, the privilege to be alive. And even though times are crazy, it is a privilege to be alive and to see your hand around us. Lord, may we express that in the way we respond to our relationships. We ask all of this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. This time in our...